This week on The Reverse Stick, quality journalism finally arrives on the show when we speak to Jade Bloomfield, the brains behind Hockey World News. We go job hunting and get on board for the World Eleven. Welcome to The Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast. I'm one of your hosts, John Lee, and the other host, Matt Allen, is sitting next to me. How are you, Matt? G'day, g'day, John. G'day, g'day, listeners. Uh, good to be here once again. I've just got to say that was one take on the intro there, John. Very impressive. Oh, well, got through it. You did well, mate. It's it, good. It's good start to the show. It, yeah, potentially. Yeah. It's all downhill from here, folks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, another big week, of course, in hockey. It wasn't a big week in hockey yet. Lots going on. I suppose we'll uh, get straight into the news, shall we? Uh don't have anything to else to add? No, we we'll get we'll, to the news. Nothing. Uh, good show coming up. We've got Jade, as you say, coming on from Hockey World News, and uh, that'll be a great chat. And uh, we've got a fair few bits and pieces to talk about towards the end of the show as well. Oh, and, and a debut, a special uh, debut performance at the end of the show. Oh, of course, yeah. We're, we're bringing you the magic. You just got a little taste of it last week. You get the, uh, the full four minutes and 20 seconds uh, today of Wonderheart. <laughs> News. So, uh, kick us off. Let's. I guess we'll start with the. Uh, we've, we've got the uh, few test matches going on. We'll talk about those in a moment. But we'll start off with the various indoor uh, challenges and cups and trophies that have been going on in Europe. Uh, the Euro Hockey Indoor Club Challenge One was held in Merska Sabota in Slovenia, uh, and that was uh, to try and get a place to go up into the trophy tournament. Uh, Bolu of Turkey with the. Uh, the eventual winners there uh, unfortunately not eligible for promotion I'm not too sure why that is so the two sides underneath CUSPs are from Italy and Partiel from Sweden both go up into the trophy for 2019 looked like they had a good tournament there reports that the crowds were really strong and the, the locals were behind the tournament which is great uh, over in Prague the indoor club trophy was taking place so that's the opportunity to go up to the uh, the cup competition uh, Royal White Star from Belgium and uh, finished top of the, the rankings there and Dynamo Electro Style from Russia finished in second so they go up uh, Slavia Prague the host missed out they finished in third place and Stade Francais and Ard's Ladies um, from France and Ireland respectively they are relegated into the Challenge 1 for next year and the big event the uh, European Champions uh, UHC Hamburg uh, were crowned uh, the, the gold medal winners there with a 6-2 win over Club de Campo de Madrid that was being held in Dundee unfortunately the, the Wanderers side they uh, they dropped out finished bottom of the, the tournament there so they go down to the club trophy in 2019 along with SV Armenian from Austria uh, individual award winners there what do we have the best player Yulia Shevchenko from Sumchanka Club uh, best goalkeeper Maria Ruiz Castillo from Club de Campo and top scorers Katerina Otter from Hamburg and Yulia Shevchenko uh, from Sumchenko both with eight goals well done girls well done officials that looked like a great tournament I caught a little little bit of it on um, uh, the Euro Hockey TV uh, site so great to see they're continuing that strong work there with, with getting their broadcast yeah great stuff 
And a good competition at Spain. Yeah, well, UHC were, that was the, the 27th time a German club side has taken out the championships. <laughs> no surprise. Um, so that'd be men's and women's. Pretty impressive. They've only been running for 28 years. So. Yeah, well, they're, they're obviously the kings of the indoor scene. Germans and nearly cracked the ice hockey too at the recent Winter Olympics. Unlucky right. there in the final, but yeah. um, if hockey's going on under a roof, it looks like Germany's the place to be. Yeah, that's right. And uh, the debate continues, doesn't it, around the world about indoor hockey and its place as maybe the uh, uh, the break in a, in the winter season for a lot of countries. Well, it strikes me we've got two forms of hockey. One is we call it indoor at the moment, but I'd like to think of it more as seven aside or six aside or however it it's fashioned at the moment yeah. and, and outdoor hockey but those in the modern era outdoor hockey can be played indoors and indoor hockey can be played That's outdoors right. so maybe we've got to start talking about it in a sense of 11 aside and 7 aside or 6 aside as opposed to indoor or, and outdoor or even 9 aside hey John. yeah <laughs> uh, test matches going on Argentina and New Zealand uh, women that that wrapped up um, in Rosario. Uh, Argentina had a 2-1 win, a 5-0 win. Um, they went down 3-2 and a 3-1 win as well. So they, they won the uh, the series there. Uh, you mentioned last week USA and Canada. They were playing the first of uh, their four games about the time we were recording. Canada won the series. So I'd say maybe a little bit of an upset there. Um, You'd uh, think on home so- home soil there, the the US girls would have got the uh, the win in the series. They had a three three draw um, in one of the games, a two one win for Canada, a four three win for Canada. Uh, so all very very tight stuff there. I I wasn't across the teams enough. It would have been interesting to look at the teams because for Canada, that for them would use a warm up for the Commonwealth Games. Yes, yeah. Whereas for the Americans, it's a chance to perhaps blood people ahead of yeah, upcoming yeah, World Cups so call. you just don't know what the team lineups were but well done to Canada anyway I mean a win's a win yeah, you well, can only beat who goes out on the field but w- world rank number 21 versus world rank number 7 yeah they all should be happy with that yeah. I would be um, what else what, we got what else we got well we've got Sultan Aslan Shah coming up yeah, haven't we kicks off well as we're recording it kicks off tomorrow by the time you hear this it'll be well and truly underway and that uh, gets going with Argentina versus India which would be an interesting game to set the tone for the tournament because both teams that you know Argentina were number one in the world current number two yeah current number two but current um, gold medal holders from the Olympic Games up against India who sees themselves I would think as a bit of a rising star at the moment they would see that they've got a lot of uh, a lot of blue sky ahead of them as yep. far as the hockey goes the current group they've got together and the coach so should, that should be a cracking game to get things underway and then uh, that's followed up by Australia versus England the old enemies going head to head I'm looking forward to that it's going to be a great tournament and so and we mentioned before in Australia you can catch it on Fox I did see it in India you can catch it on Star yeah. so yeah look It'll out be around there. look out for the uh, your pay TV broadcaster wherever you are in the world and hopefully they're showing it there if you can't get it anywhere else and I'm making the assumption if you're listening to this podcast that you're, you're if you're going to be watching it you'll be watching the English language commentary um have a listen out for the English language commentary because our friend Ashley is going to be doing the English commentary but he's also going to be doing the commentary alongside a guy by the name of Arl Anthony and uh, Arl's going to be our guest next week to explain a little bit about Malaysian hockey and how that system works there. So well, we did sa- we did say we'd get somebody on to tell we you did. a bit more about ma- uh, the Malaysian setup because we found it a bit confusing with all the cups and leagues and everything yeah, else going well, on there so we'll get the definitive lowdown in next week's show. 
Arrow manages to put a stick into it and stir it all around, and um, the mud remains muddy. <laughs> so just staying on indoor briefly, we did have the updated indoor world rankings oh, yeah, uh, yeah. come out as well. So on the men's side of things, Austria uh, swapped places with Germany and have gone to the top there. Um, Czech Republic and Iran have actually they've they've got. Uh, Skipped up three spots each as well. Uh, the big movers, Croatia, they're up to 24, jumped 11 places in the rankings. Turkey up to 32, jumped 11 places. Portugal up to 21, jumped seven places. Belgium up to 10th, uh, jumped six places. And Trinidad and Tobago, um, Akim Toussaint and the Calypso Stickman up to number 12. Where uh, are we ranked as quietly? Australia. Australia. So Australia have jumped two spots to number nine. Uh, the big fallers in that, in that top ten are the Netherlands, so they've gone down five spots to um, to number eight from from number three. Oh wow! Um, it's a big so drop. it is it is a big drop. Uh, so that's yeah, Austria, Germany, Czech Republic, Iran, Poland, Russia, Switzerland, Netherlands, Australia, and Belgium round out the top ten for men. On the women's side, we've had a swap as well at the top with Germany going back to the top and switching spots with the Netherlands. Uh, the top ten there, we've got Germany, Netherlands, Belarus, Ukraine, Czech Republic, Poland, Switzerland, Australia, Austria and Russia. Uh, big movers there. Thailand up to 26th. They've jumped 17 spots. Switzerland uh, up 12 to number 7 in the ranking. The USA um, up 8 spots to number 12. Russia up 7 spots to number 10. And uh, a bit of a climb for Sweden there. France... South Africa, Canada, Scotland, Belgium, all dropping five, six um, places or more. Uh, speaking of places, the schedule for the upcoming World Cup. That's it. It's out, isn't it? For the men's, men's side, we've got the, we've had the Vitality Women's one out not yep. too long back. But yeah, the men's in Babanaswa in December. Um, you know, no, no real surprises there. Four pools, four teams in each pool. Uh, they will play one game each and at the end of that pool series uh, the top team in each pool will go through to a quarter final teams place two and three will then play off in what do they call it crossover a crossover crossover pool and the winner of those crossover games will go through to the quarter finals to play the top team from each pool so it's uh, there's jeopardy all the way through which we've talked about and, and you know, we're sort of slowly, after lots of experiments, making our way back towards what we had in the first place. That's so right, yeah. So the, it's the good, thi- I like it. The thing tonight, and we did mention it a few weeks ago, is that if you're playing in those crossover games, you're going to be playing a game extra than those that you're going to meet in the quarterfinals, and obviously the the length of the break is going to differ as well. So but if you're you still do, get at least a two-day break. Getting, yeah, then. at least a two-day break. And look, that's good if we have these weather issues there again, isn't it? Yeah, it gives them a bit of flexibility. And it, I, I, you know, if you're starting to talk one team doesn't get a day's break and one team does, I think that makes a difference. But when you're talking the difference between a two-day break and a four-day break, I'm not... I'm not sure that you'd necessarily want the four-day break as, but if you're a coach. You might want to have them out there every second day playing. I yep, don't know. Yep. But, you know. I'm sure there'll be discussions about it come game time and people will have all sorts of theories about why results went certain ways. But they're kind including of, us. Yeah, <laughs> well, they're good problems to have there, though, aren't they? It's, yeah. It's, it's, um, yeah, like you say, it's not like one person gets one day break and somebody doesn't get a day's break with it. It's uh, it's all pretty fair. I mean, there's potentially a five-day break, I think, with India, isn't there? Though, but, um, At one stage, yeah, Jazz yeah. pointed that out on yeah. which. Uh, and I think from that perspective, I think they, they're pointing out, going, hang on, do we really want a five-day break yeah. there? Um, anyway, we'll see how that plays out. They might be more than happy to take it. But uh, we we couldn't... Very well done. Quite happy with it. Yeah, it's it was great. great. Yeah. Uh, one point, because we couldn't let it go with slide, 
slide past us without just pointing out that um, there are four pools. Uh, we start the competition <laughs> with pool C, then pool A play, followed by pool P, B on the third day, and then the fourth day we finally get to pool D. Which well, you'd, is expect, where you'd expect pool D on the fourth day, wouldn't you? You, you would. Yeah. You would. So they, they got around to getting the pool D. It's no biggie. I mean, it's no real... It's just a bit of the Nigel Tufnell goes to 11, doesn't it? Well, why don't you just make the first day pool A? <laughs> but anyway... Um, We've, we're talking about it. If we, if they hadn't done it, we wouldn't be talking about it. No, look, looks good. Makes sense as a schedule. Happy yeah. with that. We won't moan too much. At all. It's good. I can't wait. Can't wait for the women's because that's coming up next and that should be a cracking competition. Who's going to knock the Dutch off? We'll have to wait to see. Got any more news? No, that's it for me. Time now to get to our featured interview. Joining us today on the Reverse Stick, the Global Hockey Podcast, is Editor-in-Chief of Hockey World News, Mr Jade Bloomfield. Jade, welcome to the show. Thank you, guys. How are you? Oh, we're, we're good. Well, we, Fine. You know, we've just, just finished playing some summer hockey this evening, so we're full of the joys of, uh, of spring, and uh, we had a win. Thanks for asking. Um, <laughs> Jade, <laughs> edition four of Hockey World News has just come out, and uh, we're rather rather pleased that we get a little mention in there, although we'll talk a bit more in the show later on about the content uh, that, that's in the article. <laughs> we love the publication. Uh, we love it even more Thanks. because we're in there. But um, can, you, can you tell the listeners about Hockey World News, anybody that hasn't uh, come across the publication before? Sure. So Hockey World News now is, well, it's more like officially now is the biggest hockey magazine in the world. Uh, we're now averaging 60,000 downloads per edition, which wow. when we first started doing it, we was, we was talking that if we got a 1,000 people reading our magazine, it would be crazy. And to see Google Analytics now and their numbers coming out for the last edition at 72,000, which puts us averaging, like say, 60,000, is, is beyond anything that we, we even dreamt of, really. Uh, and to say it all started 18 months ago now... Um, from myself looking online for some hockey news, which was near impossible to come by, yeah. and decided then to set something up myself, uh, started Twitter and Instagram, that rolled into a website, um, hockeyworldnews.com, and then the magazine enrolled in from that. So it's, it's grown um, quite rapidly, really, in the last, in last 18 months. But it's for someone that's not had any... Uh, editorial journalism training, uh, anything like that. It, it's been it's been pretty special, really. Look, it's it's, it's a great publication. It's uh, it looks very pretty, which is important in this day and age. But the content's really great in there as well. Um, you get pretty broad content across. So can you can you share with the listeners um, some of the writers that you got involved and in, some of the topics that, that you've covered in the first four uh, four editions? Yeah, sure. So if the, the team that we've got now, um, as I say, is myself, Nick Banderak, uh is our deputy editor. Uh, then we have Sarah Juggins, who she also writes for FIH. So Sarah's the only professional journalist in the, in the team. Um, so she she writes every month. And then we've got Keely Dunn over in uh, in Canada. So Keely is the expert on on all things umpiring. Um, we know so that. she writes an opinion piece, yeah, as you guys know, <laughs> but she writes an opinion piece um, every edition on what's happening in the umpiring world, um, ranging from if umpires should be funded and we should start paying umpires to the, this edition where some commentary and commentators were having digs at the umpires and she's talking about that in, 
then is it the right thing to be doing to having a dig at the umpires to try and sell the sport um, and then obviously we've got obviously complete opposite to Keeley um, is Orch and has Simon Orchard on board which as soon, soon as we signed Simon and got Simon on board with us I was, I was over the moon because for one Simon is a great guy um, but the other thing is he's so controversial and some of the things he says it gets people talking um, and some of the articles he's written um, on some he has had more digs at umpires other things had digs at just associations in general uh, he, he's one of the guys in the team that, that definitely gets people reading the magazine just to see what Simon's got to say <laughs> next so, so he's, he's a great guy to have, have in the team uh, and then literally last week uh, we've now gotten uh, another deal with Nick Catlin so we've now signed Nick Catlin into the team as well Fantastic. so there's, there's five of us in or six plus me including me sorry um, into the team now so it's going from strength to strength so we, we are we've got people over the world writing um, generally it's all opinion pieces or player articles and player interviews so we, we initially looked at having uh, writing on tournaments and what's going on in the hockey world at that time and competitions but being a, a bi-monthly magazine by the time the magazine comes out that news is out of date yeah. so so we focus a bit more on having opinion pieces and the interviews of the players which which we think has, has gone down well and that's what people want to read Jade one of the things I really do like about the magazine is that um, opinion side of it the op-ed stuff that you do because there's not really a lot of that going on in the hockey world we get a lot of you know, oh, look at this great goal scored, and isn't this person doing this wonderful thing? But we don't get that dialogue of ideas in hockey a lot. Yeah, I, we've had, um, had John Royce writing for us for the last two editions. Um, and for those who don't know John, John was the uh, England GB or GB coach, head coach for the um, 2000 Olympics. Um, so, he was co- um, so he's got a lot of knowledge and a lot of experience in the game. And some of the things he's written about England hockey weren't that keen on. Yeah. Um, I, I, my view on that is that John did hit a few, for a few home truths and said like these things need to change. Uh, England hockey are in the process of of changing the way they do things, and some of the things that John John said in the article, England are already aware of that and they are looking to change that. Um, but it's more that John came out and said it before anything got done uh, so John's very opinionated guy um, but what he says and what's in his articles are it does ring true and there are a, a lot of valid points in there that that can change whether it's just in, in England and for Great Britain hockey or across the world and different associations around the world and governing bodies to look at but he's a guy that when he asked if he could write an article for us we, we jumped at a chance to, to bring him on board for, for the, the few editions he's got the next edition is doing another article as well, so it'd be three editions that he would have he would have done for us. Well, you need that free and open debate, don't you? I mean, if the sport's going to grow and all those other sorts of things we're always told administrators want us to do, you need that sort of dialogue between all the facets of hockey, and it generates interest, if nothing else. Absolutely. You, you, you talk to the guys on, on the terraces now and around the, around the club, they're all, they're all saying the same thing. Um, it's just having the guys writing for us and giving them that public medium to, to put it out there and I've always said to John that 
he can write whatever he wants to write. I'm not going to censor what he's what he puts in, um, as long as it's not too controversial uh, or being finger pointing at certain yeah. individuals. Don't name uh, names. Then, then we said don't do that. But if it's at a governing body, it's a bit different. They they're big enough and bold enough to to look after themselves in that that aspect. And they should be but expecting it. I've said to him, mate, put what you want in there. Write as you feel and the passion you've got. Do what you need to say. What you need to say and and let's get it out there and see what response we get. So, Jade, when it comes to players, what what do you look for in asking someone to interview? Uh, for the players we've had, I think we've gone, we've had some pretty good players that have have interviewed us. The first edition we did a big piece on uh, on Jamie Dwyer, um, which was which was great to have a guy of that calibre say he wants to get involved in a magazine right from the start. And the players we're looking at initially are either the top internationals or those that have done something within the game um, that people are going to be interested in their story and ones that have got a story to tell. So let's say the first edition we had Jamie, uh, last edition we had Margot van Heffen, who just the thing that she's won and been and the tournament she's played in and the changes she's, she, she's seen through the Netherlands um, has been great. So she had a really good story to tell. And then the uh, the recent run that the Netherlands have been on, been unbeaten for for, for the last nine months, I think it was. Uh, one game in 12 months, so, I think. Yeah, so the story that she's got is, is great, and the development she's seen from having this complete all-conquering Netherlands side um, to then losing in the Olympic final, and all those major players that the Netherlands had retiring, and then seeing uh, Alison and Anne then literally rebuild that team from from the youngsters and reverse scouting knowledge and experience she's got to be able to actually turn that team around and and develop another all-conquering team. So I don't know what they do in the Netherlands that the rest of the world just can't seem to to grasp at the moment. But they well, we, we have on something there in, on the women's side on the men's side it's just you guys down under literally running that world at the moment. Um, but there's a lot to learn from from these players that have got the experience and and the stories to tell. But I think the the success out of the Netherlands that you you mentioned there and the success out of Australia is it's good club systems. Um, it's 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 great support networks from from your local club and and that's uh, when we talk about pro league and everything else moving forward. We're we're very much behind the fact that. Clubs are where it happens. Clubs are where the the future funds will come if we're, we're looking at professional hockey players, and uh, it, it, the proof is there at the moment with the success at the top level. Yeah, I I'd agree. One, I I worked with the Dutch. Um, I was a team liaison officer for the Dutch as a hockey maker a few years ago, and and one of the questions I asked um, Femme Quinn, the the team manager at the time, is how many of the girls actually play club hockey? Yeah, and she looked at me as if I'd come from another planet and I was like, I went, well, why are you looking at me like that? She's like, what do you mean? Who who plays club hockey? Said, well, in in a team, which girls play club hockey? It's quite a simple question, I thought. And uh, <laughs> she went, well, they all do, which surprised me because in this country of England, they, all the girls and, and the guys are associated to a team. Yeah. It doesn't mean they play club hockey. Yeah, yeah. Um, they, they might get three games in a year or something. Yeah, you take our top player for the girls, Alex Danson. She's associated or or plays for for Clifton Hockey. Yeah, she's played two two matches in the last two seasons. Yeah. When I was a kid, I used to be able to sit there after we played our juniors games at the local club and watch 
Rick Charlesworth and Terry Walsh running around for their club sides. You know, and that's something that we've we've got to try and ensure stays with hockey that the young kids are that close to those at the top level. Yeah, I'd I'd agree. And they've been um been with Holcomb for the last well, I was there for, for ten years and seeing the likes of Barry Middleton, George Pinnar, Ashley Jackson, yeah. Dan Foxy and Lewis come through and seeing them play for the club. It's when they were playing, Holcomb used their stands used to be packed just to watch these guys play hockey. Yeah. And and when they're at the international stage, everyone, all players are very, very good players. Yeah. So you get some players that blend in at the international stage, but they come down to club hockey and the things they can do on a hockey pitch just stands out so much. And then for the youngsters to see that, it just gives them that extra inspiration to, to play harder and, and follow in their footsteps. So my, my views on it is internationals, they should be playing club hockey. Um, and then wait, they, all the international tours and the Bournemouth training camps they have should be around club hockey. Yeah. Uh, so in the UK, for example, it should be extended, uh, have an extended winter break. And that's when the guys go, guys and girls go off to the likes of Argentina for training camps. I saw comments this week, this week about, uh, Beast and Men for their game against Canterbury at the weekend that they had five or six that were missing out because they've, uh, got Sultan Aslan Shah cup duties. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it's my, my view on that is you've got, you kind of got to take your lumps. If you're a club that's lucky enough to have six people that are getting picked to go and play international hockey, then uh, you've probably got a strong enough second 11 in there somewhere to be able to step up. Yeah. Yeah, you, you do, you do have that. Like, Beeson, they, they won the game on the weekend against Canterbury, so, but for, for half the game, or three quarters of the game, it was tight. It was a tight game. If they, if Beeson had those, the international guys there, then, they would have put that game to bed pretty early. Yeah. And then on the other side, in the, in the ladies' side of it, you've got Surbiton, who are the top team, the top team in the UK, um, and probably half the England team comes from Surbiton. And when they were missing players, they went out to Argentina. They 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 lost the games. Yeah. And uh, they yeah one loss and two draws in a, in the team, uh, the matches they played when the girls were missing. So it's not always they got the strong second eleven to step in and yeah. do the job. They have got. A, a strong second eleven, but they're not going to keep the team unbeaten for for the amount of time they need them for. Well, that's all good for the game as well, isn't it? Oh, it is. Yeah, we don't want one team running away the league. Surbiton went on an amazing run uh, that ended last season, where they were three years without a loss, um, uh-huh. and that then they they lost a load of the girls that went out to. Won a training camp somewhere, and and that's when they suffered their first loss when they were missing half the team. So it's it's good that the competition is still there. Um, take out the internationals, and the teams aren't as strong. And so it allows the other teams in the league to compete on a, on a more level playing ground. Yeah. But ultimately, we we want the top internationals playing in the league, and we we want to see them play each week. That's the only way you're going to strengthen the league that they're playing in, and strengthen the girls around them, and and likewise for the guys if you're playing a team alongside the top internationals you're going to learn a bit more yeah. and you're going to get stronger players if they're missing then you're not going to learn obviously as much because they're not there to learn from that's right that's right well look Jay just getting back onto the publication that's what we here to talk about because <laughs> otherwise we'll go on all night um, Hockey World News you said 72,000 uh, downloads on the, the last edition geographically where are they coming from 
uh, UK, uh, so majority of them from the UK. Uh, then Australia is the second biggest download for um, downloaded country, which I think that's, that's Orchard, Orchard Influence and obviously having Jamie in the first edition. So they pushed it quite heavily over there. Um, and then it's Europe, around Europe. But surprisingly, in the, in the last edition, we had uh, some downloads from Argentina and China, which was quite surprising because yeah. they don't speak language. Well, China's <laughs> a really good sign. So, yeah, so whether it's someone over in China, an English person, or Aussie, whatever, in Australia, then downloaded it, us in, in China at the time downloaded it there, that we got the figures that it was a, a Chinese download, or whether we have got some some of the public in China downloading well, it. Well, I think there's... Chi- oh, there's it hit China in that market as well. As, there's as, a big intent as, for China, obviously, with the... Um, uh, Appointment of Jamie Moulders there for for the girls. Yeah. So yeah. you know, hopefully there's some seeds of growth, and uh, we can not. You know, it, it's not. Uh, it, we understand it's a bit of a funny system over there, and it's it's very narrow where the game is played and where where the the international players come from. But the big challenge there is getting the public on board, isn't it? It's, yeah, and if they can get the public on board, the the population of China is is, is unreal. So. There's got to be other ho- good hockey players over there. Um, so yeah, if they, once they get the, pub- the public on board of what they're trying to do, and you get more and more people playing hockey, that China potentially can be one of the strong powerhouses in in hockey in the years to come. Oh, absolutely. I've I've seen Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and the Chinese love going <laughs> at things with sticks. So I reckon they're made for playing hockey. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, just on the back to the the hockey world news. Do you guys have some sort of, for want of using this word because it irritates me a lot, mission statement? Do you have some sort of goal for what what the publication should be? Uh, we don't. No, it's not. Um, it's probably something we should sit down and actually discuss and and do one. Uh, so I so said when we first set it up, it was was myself. Um, then Nick Banderat came on board, and it all spiraled from really from when Nick came on. Nick's very, a very, very ambitious guy, and he was coming out with these different ideas that we could do. Which, um, and one of them is was the magazine, um, which since then has, has spiralled way beyond what we expected. But things like mission statements and proper editorial things that we should have, um, <laughs> it was, none of us have got any editorial training. So it was literally a complete grassroots. Uh, Startup, basically, for us. Um, Jade, 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 you can just turn that question around and ask John the same thing. <laughs> yeah. What have you guys got? <laughs> well, we, we did try and write something, and it lasted about four weeks, and we've just torn it up and got, oh, let's just do the podcast and just keep it as it is. Yeah. yeah so just like, don't worry about that stuff. Do what you do. Look, if you, if you, our view is, if we love doing it, we don't give a stuff if. Five people listening, five thousand people listening. It's 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 kind of irrelevant. We enjoy doing it, and we think it's a positive thing for hockey. And that's obviously what you're doing is a very positive thing for hockey. Yeah, absolutely. We we're here to promote the sport and promote it in the best light possible. So the the magazine is is going really well. We've had a lot of messages from this edition um, people asking if they can get a printed copy of Red Looks Do. Well, I was interested in that service. So. That really, that's the next step for us to, to go into and see if we can put it into print. Um, so at the moment we have 20 or 30 copies printed a month, uh, per edition, which we send out to the contributors and, and the guys advertising the magazine. Yeah. But 
potentially we could do a full print subscription um, if if the costing's there and it, it works out right. I'd be interested to be a subscriber in, in that sense if I was, you know, because I think what you're doing is great. And look, I'd much rather see that than men and motors in the dentist or the hairdressers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't really know exactly. what Jordan and Peter Andre are up to these days. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah so that, that is for us the, the next step, um, is to, to put it into a full print subscription and, and see if we can get the, um, the demand for it. And if the demand's there, then then yeah, that's that's definitely the next step, and and things we're looking to do. Like we're looking to, I've had early chats with England Hockey about around the World Cup to see if we can get the magazine at the World Cup. Yeah. Um, to see if we printed out fifty thousand copies, for example, and have them sold at the venue. So the initial conversations is was quite positive. Um, we just need to follow up with them and and see if that is something we we can do. Uh, and. And have, um, even a even a bolt on for the you know the tournament program. Um, yeah, I've, I've I've got a copy of the uh, '86 Wilsdon World Cup program at home, uh, right. which I didn't go to. The old man went to, but my club side at the time played in the under 16 competition that happened around it, and it's got all the facts and all those bits and pieces in there. But it's it's a fairly weighty time. In fact, Mike Smith from um, the Hockey Museum, I think he had a fair bit to do with it. His name pops up a few times in there, uh, yeah. and obviously from uh, from Mercy and Hockey. Um, and uh, it's a but it's a, a great sort of heavyweight publication that's well, it's lasted time. <laughs> um, so some of the great articles that you do, geez, you could just slot those in there, and they're relevant to the teams that are taking part, like you know, like the from the Dutch girl. Yeah, exactly. So we're looking to make it like a souvenir, a souvenir edition for for the World Cup. Um, and if it does go into, if we do do a print and a full subscription, it, that edition will only be available at the World Cup. So or the cover and change something to make it a souvenir for that particular event. Yeah. Um, but I think it's definitely got legs and something we can look into and and try and get that off the ground as well. Yeah. England hockey, if you're listening, get onto it. Yeah, great idea. <laughs> I, I, we went to a couple of internationals. Just uh, the, the Dutch and the um, the uh, Spanish girls were here. Dutch men, and there was no program. You walk in and oh no, there was for the you know I was somebody gave me a signed Maddie Bird program framed yesterday. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they must have only had about twenty of them printed. No, no, there was heaps of them. They were, they were those nice little fan affairs that you could. Like you could fold up no. into a fan and yeah, yeah for the for the not nothing for the Spanish. Oh, you made a photocopy piece of paper. No, 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 no. It was no, it was beautiful. <laughs> no, they did some good work. They did really good work. With it. Best thing I'd seen for really? a program by Hockey Australia. But, At the yeah, Dutch yeah. game or the Spanish Dutch game? game? Nothing for the nothing Spanish. for the girls. No, 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 yeah. No. Anyway, it was disappointing because you'd, you'd need to know the numbers. If you put a name and a no. number, I can follow a game. But when it's you know, yeah, yeah, it's just simple things that you need at a match. Absolutely. So Jade, what's uh, how are our listeners going to be able to find the next edition of Hockey World News or the current edition of Hockey World News? What's the so, where do they find you on the socials? The so Hockey World News, uh, hockeyworldnews.com is the the website. Um, and so in our our title name for social media uh, and the website, the world and the news has got no vowels in it. So it's W R L D and N W S. Okay. Um, and then the same. That's the same for Twitter. Uh, Instagram is Hockey World News, as as you would normally spell it. But all over that, and on on the website, you've then got uh, the section on there for the magazine. You click on there, and it's all the backdated issues 
are available to free download on the uh, through the website. And I've got it up in front of me now, and it's kind of nice, glossy, easy to flick through. That's some great uh, photos. Yeah, too. nice. Yeah, it, it it looks it looks fantastic, and I think that's really important <laughs> with our presentation. Yeah, yeah. And the so the photos um, we use World Sport Picks. So Frank at World Sport Picks is has been really good with us, and so it's all of his images that go in there. Um, plus Dirk Mark Graf, one of the uh, German photographers. So the more the, the pictures you see in there are slightly more edited um, come from Dirk and, and what he does on, with his photos and the extra stuff he, the time he spends on them in Photoshop just makes such a better photo Yeah. Uh, which fits perfectly for our magazine so he's had two of the last funk, the, the two last editions the funk covers have both been Dirk's photos um, and yeah so, so we are, we're lucky enough to have some, some decent photographers to be able to to use in the magazine um, it is a lot, as much as the content is is really good and what's actually written it's the photos also sell that story um, so you need to have the high quality images to to back up the the, the story that you're telling yeah. absolutely kids don't post articles on the wall they post photographs yeah exactly that database of uh and galleries available so many different photos we can use has has been fundamental really for the magazine to be the success it has Jay we wish you every success and we're going to support you every every step of the way as as much as we can with the podcast Um, hopefully we'll be able to get you on sort of pre future episodes and so you can let the listeners know a little bit about what's coming up in future editions you happy to do that? Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to come and, and work a lot closer with you guys. But yeah, coming on and, and let you know exactly what's coming up and what to expect in the next edition so people then start looking out for for the magazine. So yep. at the moment, it's, I say it's every other month that the magazine comes out and it's the third Wednesday of the month, every other month, that we, we look to, to push the magazine out at 12 o'clock GMT. We were anticipating then, it last week before we recorded the show because Keely yeah. had said, uh, I've said something about you. Um, hopefully you're not too <laughs> upset about it. And we actually got yeah, it about yeah. two seconds before we're about to hit record too. It was quickly. Oh, don't press yet. We've got to read this first. <laughs> yeah, she when she Keely's great. So she's been yeah. there from the start um, and writing for us. And when when she sent over the this edition, uh, the article, then she said that she's mentioned you guys in there. And, and do I mind that she's publicising another? Um, Another group of hockey guys, and I was like, absolutely not. I'm, I'm more than happy to to have those in there. Um, we're all we're all out looking to to do the same thing. That's that's push the sport. Yeah. So having you guys in the magazine as well is is great for us because we've got you talking about it. Um, and and likewise, we're talking about what you do. So more people read the magazine and listen to what you guys are doing, then then the better we both be. Yeah, I think we've we we need to recognise as a hockey community we can't just be having those quiet little golf claps on the side. Um, we need we, we need to get involved and we need to uh, have a voice and everybody has the opportunity to have a voice. You know, you can get in touch with guys like you, with guys like us, and share your opinions and and let us know what's going on in the hockey world because for too long we've been too quiet. Yeah, I agree. Um, and we have, yeah, like, and the, the big thing is, like I say, everyone has a voice, and there's people out there that that do love writing that they've not got the medium to do it in. Um, so we're always looking to expand expand our team um, to involve other people out 
that want to write um, or have got different ideas, then, then we're more than open to to hear those ideas and, and, and take things forward just as, as you guys are. If people contact you with some interesting news stories, you guys are going to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, spread the word. Spread the hockey the family, the hockey family. Uh, hi, Taff, as I mentioned, the hockey family. But. Yeah, Taff's, Taff's a great guy. <laughs> oh, he's very well. Um, and the things they're doing in the hockey family and, and the way that started is, is just gone. He's, I think it's grown for him beyond what he, he expected right yeah. from the start. Um, so it's, it's crazy. Like, so the hockey family started and, and the way that's grown um, and what we've done and the way it's grown, where you guys have grown is it shows that there is a demand for, for hockey out there. Um, it's just people need to tap into it and, it. and yeah. continue to grow and keep pushing it. Accessibility, isn't it? It's, and it's about being uh, able to yeah. see live games and, and find things that you find in every other sport around the world. And uh, we seem to have stifled ourselves over the years and it, we're in a new digital era, era and we can we can do something about it. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely agree with that. Jay, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, John's got one no, more no, for no. you. No, 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 you're good. Yeah. Jay, thank you so much for joining us. Of course, ladies and gentlemen, you can check out Jay at Hockey World News and all the great work that he's doing there. We'll, uh, we'll speak soon. Excellent. Thanks for having me on, guys. Pleasure. You are listening to The Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast, and that was Jay Bloomfield from Hockey World News. What great work he's doing there, and uh, it's the future of the sport, hey, John? We've got to get it out there. should be. We do have to get it out there. That's what we need. And it's a great publication. Get on to it. Yeah. Look at it. Support I, it. I would love, like you mentioned in the interview there with, with Jade, I'd love that glossy copy in my hands. I'd, yeah. love, I'd love to see it in the dentists. I'd love to see it in the hairdressers. <laughs> Not that I go very often. Uh, you probably go even less than me. <laughs> Yes, considerably less than you. But that's a conversation for another day. And please do support everything those guys are up to. Read the articles. They are very good articles too. Don't have to agree with them. In fact, some of the stuff that's been printed I don't agree with. But I appreciate the person putting the argument forward and having a reasonable uh, you know, dialogue about the, the proposals they put forward. Yeah, Keely's article's great. It's important to have that dialogue. It's yeah. important to express all the views of the hockey family and not just an express few that are sitting in a boardroom making decisions about the future of our game um, probably a good point to a uh, t- good time to get on to that point eh? Keeley's article well do you want to do that or the FIH yeah, well, no no we'll do, we'll do Keeley's article first because it was in Hockey World News and yep. it's a very good article read it make your own mind up don't listen to what I tell you about it even though I think it's very good make your own mind up but w- See, it's it's no good me saying something now and then blah, blah, goes and Keeley has a reply or whatever. Well, well let's we, get Keeley on. Yeah, we'll get Keeley on, but we should look also look at maybe getting a couple of other people. Maybe we can get Murray to come in. Oh, he's a local p- bloke. Uh, and I don't want to make it about Murray Grime because that was never the intention, but it might have sounded that way as we were making it about Murray, and I understand that having listened back to Well, it Simon Orchard says it was all about Murray Grime. Yeah, well, <laughs> let's stay away <laughs> from that for a moment. You can read all about that in the latest edition of Hockey World News. I don't want to talk too much about that right at the moment. I'd rather an idea of getting everybody together to to discuss it because one of the words that came out a a few times in social media following that uh, article was the word crisis. And that really shocked me. I don't know that there's a crisis in umpiring. I think what happens at the elite level is fantastic. 
but I've never, you know, Keely has umpired a hundred test games. That's an amazing achievement for anyone. Keely's a fierce advocate for umpires, and I, and I love it. And it's it's such an important right. role, and it and and it um, gives strength to, pe- to 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 umpires. Now, when we talk about umpires, yes. there's different kinds of umpires, isn't there? Well, and there's a difference. How between many international games have you played? You mean on a different continent from my home continent? No. <laughs> How many times have you represented a country at international level? Ah, uh, yeah, level? that's not happened yet. How but many, no, but, 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 this, How many? Yeah, before you jump in this time. Anyway, go on. <laughs> Just. But uh, the point being is that you know I've never played international hockey. I've never played state hockey. I've never played A grade hockey. Never played B grade hockey. In fact, you have to go a long way down the alphabet before you go to get to the <laughs> level of hockey we play. So. It, I, I think what happens at the elite level is excellent with umpires. I have the issue at the other end of the scale, which is, is an area that we really need to work at because it can dramatically change a player, a person's perspective on their enjoyment of the game. Do you think a... Um, I saw a mention of a 14-year-old umpire in the in we the were article not going to talk about it, No, no, we're not. Yeah. But um, do you think... A 14-year-old umpire watching an elite game, let's say it's Hockey World League, it's World Cup, whatever, and a player challenges the umpire on a decision and a commentator makes a, let's say, lackadaisical comment, um, maybe uneducated comment about a a decision that's been made, is going to genuinely put off that 14-year-old from pursuing uh, an umpiring pathway? No, but I think an idiot in the stands yelling out, "Yeah, bloody disgrace!" That has a to a fourteen to a fourteen year old umpire. Yeah, I, I think at, at any level. I, I don't think it, a commentator saying something. Uh, it depends who the commentator is. Depends. Yeah. Wouldn't you say? I mean, if you don't trust a commentator anyway, you're not going to listen well, to them. Yeah. Yeah. Pinch is, it's pinch of salt stuff, isn't it? Yeah, potentially. The point is, but no, no, but, 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 but what you, but what what you say about what what comes from the stands? Yeah. Yes, that that can make a difference to a, a developing umpire. What about a battle-hardened umpire that's got a hundred test games under them? They're doing a club game locally, and there's a bloody idiot in the stands. Let's say it's me, um, and uh, <laughs> I, I I challenge a decision on behalf of my club. Uh, <laughs> Um, should that umpire get upset? Hey? Should that umpire be upset or, sh- or should they be expected to just take it as part of the game? Uh, well, should, you know. Th- there's no other view but the umpire's view and that's correct? Or are you entitled uh, as a spectator or a player to challenge what, uh, what, what you've got that is, decision? Is not, re- not the decision but the perspective. You have an arena. It contains... 22 players and two umpires and and all an umpire has to worry about is what happens on that arena yep is that is that a fair statement well I'd, I would agree with that okay no, no, some people haven't agreed with me with that in okay. the past hear me out um, I think that we as hockey viewers and followers have a right to our own opinion on any given umpire's decision 
And we might go, oh, come on, Umpy, in the stands, but that doesn't give us the license to then turn around and go, you're a complete idiot, you asshole. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, yeah. I, mean, I mean, this is a bit different. If you're fans and you, and you see a free hit go against your team, of course you're disappointed. And when you get crowds showing disappointment like that, it builds the atmosphere and all of that sort of stuff. Now, that, but the, the thing, atmosphere, 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 atmosphere yeah, is the yeah, thing. Yeah. That's the thing. Atmosphere. Are we, and it's are we not going to talk about this? No, we're not. Yeah, let's get this forum organised. We'll get Keely on to, and we'll get a couple of other people. We'll do one of those Skype internet calls, and we'll have a conference thing but, going on, and but, we'll talk about umpiring. But hockey, hockey isn't just about. I can understand Keely's viewpoint on stuff when we're talking about elite level showcase stuff. Hockey isn't just about that, and for every grade of uh, ability that goes throughout a game, there's every grade of umpire that goes throughout a game. Well, yeah, and, and, and where do we where do we find the middle ground? Um, you know, we I get, certainly we, don't see the situation as crisis. No. Now, if if there's a crisis going on at elite level umpiring, having heard some of the rumours we have about whoa, whoa, things whoa, whoa, that go on, take a step back. Oh yeah, no, maybe not. Um, then that, that would be entirely understandable. But that's got nothing to do with the standard of umpiring. That's about people being undermined. It's yeah. a completely different issue. I think what happens at the elite level and the top levels of umpiring and all you see on social media about umpires, that's fantastic. It's brilliant. I like it. But that, that, that all happens at the top end of the iceberg. And, and I think because we've never played at the top end of the iceberg our vision of what happens with umpiring is a lot different than people that have only ever played at the top end of the iceberg. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, perspective. Am I actually making sense, or is this just rubbish? We'll move on. Okay. I'd better play a stick there so we can get to our next whinge. <laughs> what do you got for us, big fella? What, what have I got? Uh should Any we jobs going? Well, we're tough. Should we go straight to jobs? <laughs> yeah, let's. Well, there's um. By the time you listen to the podcast, you'd have missed the deadline, unfortunately. Oh, but it's no. been o- it's been open since the twelfth of uh, uh, Feb for a position on the integrity unit of the FIH. Uh, this is uh, the International Hockey Federation recruiting up to seven members, up to seven members of its independent integrity unit. This is a new independent body that has been set up to investigate complaints arising out of the new FIH Integrity Code, the code, and to help protect the integrity of the sport generally. I only just spotted it this week, so I'm a bit too late to get on get on board. Well, we weren't even looking for that job; we were looking for the other job. Yeah, but, well, but there's, um, but you know, there's uh, there are various skills and experience required. There's core competencies required. Where, where did that job advertisement appear? Well, that's interesting because you go to the FIH website to find that, mm. to search FIH jobs, and it gives you a link to all FIH jobs are to be found at globalsportsjobs.com. Yeah. No doubt an organisation that are based in Lausanne, like most <laughs> um, international sporting federations. Uh, incredible. <laughs> um, uh, they must be all, be, all be on the same bloody street. You know, oh, sorry, uh, there's your cards, mate. Yeah, no worries. Go next door. Ding dong. Got a job for me? Yeah, no worries. In you come. You Imagine can do, th- you can do a, three years here. Imagine owning a pub on that street. Oh, oh in, what, in between the uh, uh, International Equestrian Federation <laughs> and the International Badminton Association and the, uh, the, the, cur- the Curling Association <laughs> and, geez, it's Association Boulevard, I think, in the sound. Um, but, <laughs> 
Yeah. So you go to the FIH site, they send you to globalsportsjobs.com for all FIH jobs. The only FIH jobs on globalsportsjobs.com are for the integrity unit members. This is a voluntary position. You get flown to Lausanne once a year. You're expected to be able to do uh, all of your work from home. Um, you know, you know, what kind of people are they looking for, John? Here, they're uh, idiots like you and I. Skills and experience? No, definitely not idiots like you. Well, the first point is fluent in English, oral and written. So that <laughs> <laughs> we'll put a beep in there. You might have heard the beep back there. Thanks, John. Um, <laughs> possess a record. That's your first time you've done that. The first time. <laughs> possess a recognised professional qualification and have expertise and recent experience in either law, governance, accountancy, policing or sports administration. This is all good. These are the kind of people we want involved in uh, our integrity units, isn't it, John? It um, is. I, wish, I just wish it had been opened up to the general wider hockey public rather than being chucked on... What? But it's not even on the FIH website. Oh, no, it's not a, why wouldn't they have just put up a... Isn't that the sort of thing an organisation like the FIH should just post to social media? Don't have to be, make a big deal about it. By the way, this job is going to the FIH. Wouldn't it be good? It wouldn't, wouldn't it be good if a hockey person who followed the FIH saw that and thought, yes, I'll go and... I'll, why is it stuck That's away it. in a it. corporate you know, job search website? That's what I find, especially about that position, which is volunteer and asking pe- for people with for hockey experience. But, but Surely that would be the place yeah, you went to yeah, search. Yeah. It's almost like it seems like an old boys, old girls network yeah. kind of thing, and it's nudge, nudge, wink, wink, have a look at this site, and you'll be able to find this information out, because it's not easy to get hold of. Well, it's almost like they know who they want to appoint to it, and they just want to put it in a place where they can get the, well, they'll get the least amount of responses from people that they'll have to disappoint. So, of course, John, all <laughs> FIH jobs <laughs> that are um, available at the moment TV and broadcast director that's uh, just closed the applications for that it's a little bit of uh, it'd be interesting to play a game of guess who on the FIH website at the moment for our team because I think half of them no longer work there well that would be uh, the first question you ask wouldn't it if you had the guess who, who board there uh, <laughs> do you work at the FIH <laughs> boom do you still work at the FIH boom uh, do you not work at the FIH but are still getting paid by the FIH <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got that one. Is it? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. Not the one with, the, know, not with the glass. Not the one with the, the glasses. The worst thing in the red about hair. this whole situation was we're sitting here making jokes about it because it's such a laughable situation. It is so laughable. It, it's we have to make jokes about it. Well, it's good you say it's laughable because because if you go to sportsrecruitment.com, you'll find. Uh, the job I just mentioned before, which is just uh, the applications are closer to that TV and broadcast director. Uh, but of course, this CEO's job is up on sportsrecruitment.com. Now, not the same website you got. No, to not the not the site that the FIH sends you to to look at all well, FIH jobs. jobs. Okay. This is on a different website. A more obscure website. Uh, it's sportsrecruitment.com. It's a site that everybody goes for, uh, goes to if they're looking to be recruited um, in Lausanne, I think. <laughs> uh, it's, it's another Lausanne based website I'm sure they've got a nice fountain one of the great things they've did, they, they got the whole uh, criteria there to apply for the uh, FIH CEO position and would you believe sense of humour is on there what? sense of humour is on the criteria for the applicant yeah you need a sense of humour <laughs> 
Far out. You walk into that place, you will be peeing your pants with laughter. Oh, my goodness. We do what? We do it... What? Really? Unbelievable. We're still paying this person? Oh, my Lord. It will be a laughable situation for whoever's got the... Um, the we know who's got the job because the FIH has already told us without actually telling us. Sports Biz News thing told us. Inside remember? Sports Biz. That, that's in, the inside, one. Sorry, inside the GameStopBiz. That's you, the one. You're corrupting my... Yeah, go on. Inside the GameStopBiz. You know, you read their, their statement that was had no name from an FIH official and no official FIH logo or no official anything from the FIH telling the world exactly what's going on. But after, the, can- the, after the council meeting in March, they will be advertising for a new marketing communications director. <laughs> but it's not there on sportsrecruitment.com and it's not there on Global Sports whatever that See, site I, was. See, I've been led to, led to believe that they were actually doing serious headhunting for this job and that there had been some applications already and that one of the names that was thrown up, I would throw my wholehearted support behind because that particular gentleman has an absolutely outstanding record and understands sport at a true grassroots level. Now, I'm not going to mention any names or where's or how's, but anyway, that was just my feeling at the time. So you know, I, I, but I, well, I heard in the week that you know that we mentioned before that the the team was uh, being diminished somewhat, and uh, we mentioned one individual last week <laughs> in the show. Yeah, gone. And we and we we're talking about HR decisions here um, that will have a big influence on uh, who takes up the next role of CEO. Well. The CEO decisions apparently happening in March. I hear that Melanie Wil- Wilmore, that we mentioned la- in last week's show, has handed in a notice and leaves in a week and a half or whatever it is from now. Now I might I might not be right with it, and apologies if I'm not. But that's what I've heard, and don't be surprised if that's what's happening. So, what is going on? Can um, can I say something? I want you to hold on to your seat. Just, just grab hold. Make sure you're stable for a second. Mm-hmm. I feel a little bit sorry for Dr. Batra. You don't think we're talking about him enough? No, I just think that for whatever we've said about Dr. Batra in the past, and that, that we don't resolve from whatsoever. Um, at the same time, I think he's been sadly let down as well. I think he's been sadly, sadly let down to the point where Dr. Batra only discovered. After um, the CEO allegedly was shown the door and left, no, no, resigned. Allegedly, for personal reasons. Allegedly, not for no sponsorship for the program. Allegedly, anyway, going on all that sort of stuff. Allegedly, Dr. Batra didn't find out that the selection process involving the selection of that person to the position of CEO was somewhat compromised by uh, uh, a relationship that should have been disclosed by a member of the selection panel. And he, he's been, in a lot of ways, sadly let down by some people around him. So, you know, FIH, I'm going to keep saying stuff until you blokes and girls come out and get your act together. Make a statement. We don't need much, but... Every no, we, don't, we don't need the nitty gritty. No, we just need right. transparency because otherwise it. it just stinks. And 
idiots like us want to sniff around that stench and Absolutely. go, what's going on? Come on, be and open about it. Let the hockey world know what's going on. And Don't. I'll tell you what, you keep staying silent, the more and more stuff we're going to start believing is true and <sighs> I believe that we can, we can say publicly because it is true. Because we hear nothing from you. So if there's someone at the FIA... And we're, and we're not there, alone. We speak to lots yeah, of other people yeah, that's right. um, across the hockey world and nothing is heard at all. Just sending reports to insidethegames.biz anonymously doesn't cut it, guys. No, it doesn't. So if there's someone there in Lausanne who's not sitting around the fountain enjoying a Chardonnay and is prepared to talk to us and at least just go... Yep, you're right, no, yes, or make some sort of statement. We'd love to hear, we yeah. would love to have an interview with you and give you the opportunity to talk to the hockey world. Yeah, and if you say, there's some issues, we're working through them, we don't want to go too much into them, but um, we recognise that we've got some problems and we're working to make it better and this is what's happening to make it better, we'll accept that, the hockey community will accept that, but just staying stum and uh, thinking that's acceptable isn't acceptable. Not at all. What other big stuff we've got to get through? Oh, not a lot. We've got to suppose we'll give it one more week on the sponsorship, uh, sponsored player. You can still get involved with that and have hey, the website we, we on that. Are we missing any applicants from continents? We have we got, how are we covered continentally? Uh, we're not too bad we've, yeah, we've, we've got a pretty good spread we still need a few more ladies I could do with a, a right wing centre forward lady to, to apply who's I'd uh, like to have a maybe s- only scored two goals this season and they're sitting bottom of the ladder how about how about a centre half that's led a, a defence to a, say a, a 50 goal against season most welcome yeah Is that, if there's any ladies out there that'd be happy to throw the centre half position bib on themselves we'd be love to hear from you so we are going to give it a bit of a mix because uh we're, we're going to feature a couple of players that are, are playing international hockey, but they're playing interna- international hockey for some developing hockey nations, and we think we need a little bit of uh, fizz in the midfield. You uh, fit people. Fit, sorry, fit, yeah, yeah, fit people um, to supplement some of the... Um, Unfit uh, people. No, no, no. Okay, we, if you want to be blunt, be blunt, but I was trying to be a bit more diplomatic about it, John. No, we, we should, I think people should know exactly what they're getting into. <laughs> It's transparency, my friends. <laughs> so we'll go one more week on that, guys, and then next week we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, by next week we'll have worked out at least the first two or three members into the squad and we'll introduce them to you and, uh, of course, get them signed up. It's all important to get that. We've got a goalie, though, haven't we? Oh, we've got four bloody goalies and it's really hard to pick between them, to be honest, John. Um, anyway, we'll deal with that. We'll, we'll sit down, we'll have a real tough yeah. selection meeting. And, you mean we're going to have six or seven beers and pick names out of a hat? You said that, John. I didn't say that. <laughs> okay. uh, yeah, so we, but we, please do. There's still opportunities to get involved. Nothing is cemented there at all yet for uh, TRS World 11 and uh, yeah, the great little sponsorship package that will come along with that. Obviously, no money, no sticks, but uh, the pride. No merchandise at all, really. No, there will be merchandise. They've got some stickers and oh, know, yeah, stick yeah. grips and uh, a shirt. You and know, a nice and cold can of Coca-Cola. <laughs> 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 no, Coca-Cola aren't involved on in the sponsorship. Okay. Sorry, don't, don't know. Uh, Can we just say Coca-Cola in case they, they listen to the podcast and want to sponsor us? Uh, they'll probably sue us. 
No, the thunders will sue us. The rolling thunders that deliver the icy cold cans of Coca-Cola. Okay, he's uh, he's going retro Australian again, ladies yeah, and gentlemen. Yeah, a bit so, of FM radio so, going on. So there. good luck if you uh, remember that. Don't they, didn't they have the icy cold cans of Coca-Cola by the thunders? Who? We're speaking to the Hockey Globe here, Johnny. Well, We're speaking to the Hockey Globe. I reckon FM radio is pretty much the same in every country. <laughs> it's the same rubbish everywhere. All right, John, come on. We're going to work towards wrapping things up this evening. What okay, have I got to speak about? Uh, the latest episode, episode number four of the oh, Frank Hockey Podcast is out. Excellent episode. Some superb stuff from uh, from Andy there. And so check that out. F-R-A-N-C, Frank, and Hockey, H-O-C-K-Y Podcast. Speaking with heaps of top coaches on there. Jamie Moulders, Danny Carey's on there, Dave Passmore, and, of course, AD Locke. And uh, yeah, get and listen Tony to that. Support that. That's right. In the yeah, latest one, it's yeah, a yeah. great interview. Listen in; it's really good. And if, uh, I could listen to him talk about hockey for a long time. It's su- it's it's so, super stuff. It's different yeah. perspective, and uh, yeah, get get behind it. It's um, please, guys, listen to hockey podcast. Tell your mates about yeah. hockey podcast. Share the word. If you're following us on Facebook, you're following us on Instagram, you're following us on Twitter. Please do like, retweet repost share do everything you can to spread the word of uh, the Global Hockey Podcast the reverse stick and next time we run into Andrew we will lecture him about the value of vowels I'll leave that you'll get it and jazz vowels and jazz cool dude anything more? Uh, Roland Altman off to Pakistan Good. Reckon, yeah, looks like it might be uh, a done deal there we mentioned it a week or two ago in the podcast you heard it here first won't be surprised if that happens. We also mentioned last week that Mark Knowles might not go beyond the Commonwealth Games. Lo and behold, three or four days after we podcast, Mark Knowles announces his retirement. Look, I'm not saying that we're any kind of Nostradamus or, or anything. No, you're the kiss of death. But, 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 <laughs> you either lose your job, you uh, get a, an elevation to a... It's a you that a, mentioned Mark Knowles. It's a, you a, that a mentioned the girl from the team. FIH. <laughs> If Matt Allen mentions your name, that's it. Career over. <laughs> or elevated. Come on. Oh, or elevated. Nah, some of the kids it's are... It's a 50-50. You know, some of the kids. Emma Buckley's going great. Maddie Bird's she, going great. Tammy look? Stanley, she's not a kid, but she's not far off. She's going great. Compared to you and I. Um, uh, Emma Buckley won an award, didn't she? A Mayor of Cork or something's award? She's the new Mayor of Cork. Incredible. No, no, she's not <laughs> the new Mayor. Look, I'm scrolling down the face. It, it, she won something in Ireland for the city of something or other. Might be Cork. Oh, well, there's... There's a There's a car. There's a car. <laughs> Feedback time now, Matt. And... Um, I believe it might be a bit thin. Well, it's thin. I've got, I've got one thing I could feed back, but um, I can't I can't talk to you about that one. So uh, absolutely no use whatsoever to you this week on feedback. Um, what are you all doing out there? Have we not been controversial enough? We haven't had time to get online and upset people, I don't think, no. this week. <laughs> no, we haven't. That's true. Been a bit busy. Because we've, uh, we've been working, beavering away behind the scenes at a musical project, the upcoming Alan and Lee album. And that's right, you, those that listened last week might have caught a quick glimpse into uh, the process, let's, take, let's call it the process, um, of um, yeah, p- putting together um, you know, a, a fairly um, important body of work. Um, obviously, we, we got the inspiration from uh, young Davy Hart, 
he's a very good goalkeeper. Yeah, I'm told. Yeah, yeah, very good goalkeeper. And uh, yeah, John's uh, been busy beavering away in the studio. What was it four days it took you oh, to, to get it done? Slaving, sixteen hours a day. That's it. Yeah. So I mean, you'll be able to tell from the quality of the work as well. <laughs> um, so I guess you know we hold back no more with it, John, and uh, let's unleash to the world the, the wonder that is Wonder Heart. Now, of course, it's about four minutes twenty twenty seconds long, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, it's going to take out the end of the show for us. Um, you don't have to listen to it all if you don't like it. You can skip through. No, you do just, have to uh, listen to it all. No, you do all. have to listen to it all. Make sure um, you listen to it all. So you've got to wait till you get to the end bit. That's a, the, the end bit's the best bit. It is the best. Is that where I come in? Yeah. yeah. Singing from the terrace there. Oh, singing. Thank you. Oh, well, It's the okay. first time so you caught it there. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Why don't we just crack on with it, though? Ladies and gentlemen, enjoy Wonder Heart. gonna be the day that you're gonna go score a goal by now you should have somehow realized you'll make you a fool i don't believe that anybody feels the net the way you do now backstick a run and a jank the eyes in your head light up I'm sure you thought you're gonna score, but he's always gonna keep it out. I don't believe that anybody feels the net the way you do now. And all the shots we took that day were lightning. And all the saves he made that day were blinding. There are many things that I have seen this goalie do, but I don't know how. Because, Davey, you're gonna make a savey. And after all, you always stop the goal-scoring drought By now you should have somehow realized he would keep it out I don't believe that anybody feels the net the way that you do now And all the shots we took that day were lightning And all the saves he made that day were blinding there are many things that I have seen this goalie do, but I don't know how. I said, Davy, you're gonna make a savey. And after all, you always say the Davey, Davey, you're gonna 
make us save Save And after all You always save the ball I said Davy Davy